We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We have to do a bonus episode for the Browns edition of Shelby Harris. We didn't get to talk about it in last night's podcast, so here's a bonus episode with all things you need to know about the Browns' vital addition to the defensive tackle room. Myself, Andrew Spade, cover it for you here on the OBR Film Breakdown. Here we are. It's Jake and Andrew back at you again for the second day. <laughs> Wouldn't you know, I, I had to text Andrew because I said, hey, man, I wrapped up this uh, editing process in the OBR Film Breakdown's latest episode. Not, I think it was under 10 minutes, Andrew. They they announced a deal yeah. to bring in Shelby Harris. And if you have already listened to the previous episode, you would probably hear a little back and forth that hinged on whether they were actually going to add something to this room. And I will give the floor to Andrew to now react. Now, obviously you were, you were critical. That's okay. Yeah. I, I think that, that there's some, probably I would say the way Shelby Harris tweeted out or not, they didn't tweet it. It would be uh, it'd be reposted or what is it? An X these days. Anyway, he did something on Instagram actually <laughs> where he noted that the contract could get up to five and a quarter for the year on incentive based stuff. And that's probably to me what the holdup was. Yeah. He wanted a little more Browns yep. were doing some different things. It felt like the minute he was, you know, in Cleveland, he made a lot more sense than Denver yeah. considering Denver's depth is already better. there. clear shot to start. You know, when these things are happening, I'll say it this way. When teams around the NFL clowny visiting Baltimore, the Eagles signings, you know, I think that we thought the saints were going to get both Anthony Barr and, uh, you know, Kareem Hunt. And it just, when all of these veterans are doing this whole second wave of free agency and the Browns have a very noticeable hole, it's very easy to get frustrated with the lack of movement for some of those things not happening, not shaking out. You feel like the NFL teams that are all in are getting better. So I understood where you're coming from. I kind of tried to predict that. I thought that it was either going to be Shelby or somebody unknown. It works out to be Shelby. So the floor is yours, Andrew. What do you think? Well, you know, what's fun, Jake, about these situations is that um, I, I love being wrong like this, right? Like, you know, if if I spent the entire offseason saying, you know, that the Browns are going to go out and sign Javon Hargrave 
and Jacoby Myers. And uh, I'm trying to think of, you know, trade for Darren Waller. I'm trying to think of a bunch of moves they wouldn't ever make. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was wrong. It stinks in that situation to be wrong because you're wrong and the team is worse off. Right. Uh, In this situation, I'm wrong. And I mean, I was very, you know, opinionated as always about, you know, them not adding anybody at defensive tackle. Uh, and and then they did as soon as the podcast went up. But I'm happy about that, right? Because Shelby Harris improves this team significantly. And I think, again, we talked about it when he visited. Uh, this is a this to me is a clear sign of dissatisfaction from the defensive coordinator with the the defensive tackle situation, right? Like it's been mm-hmm. two two little bit over two weeks of training camp, and yeah. you know they're this is the time of you know where they would need to be adding somebody. I think it's very clear that they, as you said, went a little bit further financially to get it done with the idea that they had to, they they kind of had to have one more guy there. So they did. And the basis of my argument in the first podcast we recorded today was <laughs> that, you know, that they, if they were going to have done it, they would have done it by now. And I mean, I literally, you know, so it's, it's like they, they did it the same day. Right. So I, you know, in a way, I feel like it's it was correct insofar as this was the time of year where they needed to have somebody in the room this week because they're going to Philadelphia next week. So you want him on the field for those practices, and then you've got a week, you know, before the Kansas City game, and then and then you're in game prep mode, right? So mm-hmm. th- if they're you know if they logistical were challenges on top exactly. of everything, thank you. Like thank it you. felt like they were calling him on the way home from the Greenbrier. He came Agreed. in like Agreed. Yeah. the next day, right? Yeah, he the, was here on the, Monday, the day they got back. Yeah, or well, the day for after. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So it feels to me uh, like they they knew it. The breadcrumbs were there. They brought him yeah. in. They, I, I think they worked him out. They labeled it as a workout. Who knows yeah, if he actually did. put yeah. on the shirt and shorts and ran him around or anything. Right. But uh, that could all be semantic based. But anyway, they start Jordan Elliott in the Hall of Fame game. The breadcrumbs were there. It was just a matter of closing the deal. And if we're going to give AB some criticism on a lack of movement, he deserves credit here for 100%. So for, that's for, for closing the door, right? Yes. And that's where I was headed was you know, this is, I mean, it's clear, like, you know, I had referenced in the earlier podcast that the Eagles had added, you know, Miles Jack and Zach Cunningham. Those were veteran minimum deals, right? Those are just guys that are, that are guys that have proven it in the league, but they're not, you know, needle moving at this point in the calendar. This is one of the most impactful moves that a team could make. Really. It's right up there with, you know, Yannick and Gakwe recently signing or Justin Houston, uh, recently signing those those types of moves where it, it is adding another contributing player to the defense and that's what they've done here and so uh, I give Andrew Berry a ton of credit for doing this for having the persistence to not you know take no for an answer to 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 get to where he needed to get to to bring the guy into the fold now because knowing that it would considerably lessen his impact I think if he's coming in two weeks before the opener, right? Mm-hmm. But but coming in now, Shelby Harris will be ready to play week one against Cincinnati. And You're so, making a, yeah. gr- a great point about, you, you know, you couldn't bring anybody to the Greenbrier. Guys who were sent home, we've referenced this, were clearly not going to come back if it was for personal reasons significant enough to leave. You're not going to fly back yeah. or drive it's back. It's the middle of nowhere. Day. The same thing with going to Philly and being there for a week. Like, it's just right. not easy to bring people to that location. So it is paramount to get this done before you travel over there and take everything with you. So yeah, a big deal, a great signing to track Shelby Harris a little bit. It is, 
uh, he was a seventh round pick back in 2014. Illinois State. On the last podcast, I challenged you, Stony mm-hmm. Brook. Yeah. Seahawks or what were mm-hmm. they? Were they the Seahawks? Sea Wolves. Sea Wolves. Yeah, I won't forget it, it now. Now you get one guess. Illinois State. Don't Google it either. I'm pretty sure they're the, the Cardinals. They're the Redbirds. Same. Thing. Well, that's come Same on. Thing. Illinois State for Shelby Harris comes in seventh round pick, pick two thirty five. Okay. Doesn't play much his first year. Literally only eight snaps. Practice squad. Same thing sort of happens the next year in Oakland, 144 total snaps. And this is obviously I'm saying Oakland because they hadn't moved to Las Vegas yet at that time. Yeah. 2016, I'll have to dig in when I write on him tonight, do a little film room. Don't know why there's nothing there. Maybe he got hurt. I'm not entirely sure. I'll get that information for you at some point. Maybe Andrew will find it by the time I shut up. But he has no data from 2016. And then he goes to Denver in 2017 and starts to really pick up the snap count, 516 snaps, and really starts to put together – Stronger pressure seasons, 19 pressures. He ends up with six sacks that season. He had 20 stop tackles. That's all That's all really trending in a good direction. And he's with Denver 2018, 19, and 20. Signed another contract in the middle of that. Had some really strong grading, including an 88.3 total grade in 2020. All the way with Denver again in 21. But then uh, he is a part of the... Russell Wilson trade. So Seattle thought enough of him that we would like him back as a part of that Russell Wilson trade. So they get back. I think it was him, Noah Fant, and a couple first-round picks, if I recall. Could be missing a minor piece there, but they thought a lot of him. He was in Seattle for a year, does pretty well, 28 pressures, two sacks, uh, 23 hurries. The previous year he had 32 pressures, seven sacks. So, again, pressure sack rate, it's, it's a it's – a, you know, sort of fickle thing there, but 23 stop tackles, really just a consistent player, Andrew. Like it just, if you look at his, his yeah. course of history here, a consistent player listed six three three hundred, pretty similar to Dalvin in terms of size. So I do see some sort of ability to move those guys in and out, right? Like yep. they could both be the shade. Yep. They could both play one. They could both bump out to three or four. eye. they can move around a little bit. I'm trying to look at real quick, some of the detailed stuff. He was um, what he was playing in Seattle. I'll do some research again. You're, you're listening to sort of our knee jerk reaction to this. I have not dug into how Seattle, which I believe Seattle's an odd front defense. So I'll have to look into that a little bit more, but uh, figuring out how they were using him, where he was aligning and what to expect when he comes here. So, yeah, I think that it's noteworthy sort of from a career perspective, what he's put up. So his defensive uh, accumulative, jeez. Uh, so his defensive accumulative stats, I uh, make sure I get that right. It's 164 total pressures, including a significant amount since 2018, 28 sacks, 162 total tackles, and 137 of those are stop tackles, which means they're happening in a, in a negative fashion for the opposing offense. So not, listen, he's not an over, he's not a top tier defensive tackle. He wouldn't be available if he's a top tier defensive tackle right here, but he is an average to above average defensive tackle. And as you know, behind Dalvin, they didn't have that. They didn't have average. And you need that. And he can be above average to, to good if he puts together the right season for them. So encouraging stuff all the way around there, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, looking looking into his career, he was basically uh, not on a team for most of 2016. Uh, he was a free okay. agent. Uh, so he got... He got released by the Raiders and then was with the Jets for uh, training camp in 16 and then didn't sign on. We got cut at the end of training camp and didn't sign on with anybody till 
the Cowboys at the end of 16 uh, and, and was, you know, with them for a few weeks before you landed in Denver. And that's kind of where he made his, what a made his name. Yeah. That was, wow. you know, that 2017 season kind of, you know, he, he sort of took off. Yeah. He sort of re rebirthed his career and became a really good player in 2017. So really, you know, a, a pretty interesting story, not one that I was familiar with. Uh, yeah. And then to be included in that trade, you know, this, the, the trade to the Seahawks for, for Russell Wilson. Um, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a long and winding road, I guess you could say for Shelby Harris. And he's, mm-hmm. he's definitely another guy that they've added that has been there and done that, you know, with a lot of different teams and has seen it done a few different ways. And so, you know, I don't, I don't know his personality at all, but certainly imagine a guy at his age about to turn 32, uh, in two days, you know, he's going to be a leader, you know, he's going to be a guy that has been around the league and knows what good teams do. He's just on the Seattle defense that played really well last year. So you, you like that from a culture standpoint that they keep finding these guys that fit that mold of, you know, he's going to be here for a year and he's going to probably help. You hope that he helps some of these younger players in the defensive tackle room, figure it out, stick around a little bit longer. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So if you say Siaki is a lock, which we feel like he is, yeah, then you have a bunch of guys now fighting for that fourth spot. They could it's a keep fun, a fifth. It's a much better situation, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. It feels better. Yeah, it is possible they keep five, but it feels like four will be the number. So it turns into Jordan Elliott, Maurice Hurst, Tristan Hill, and then you know it's like is Sam Kamara kind of fighting in that grouping right. too. Uh, th- that's the sort of thing that's going on now. So a battle for the four spot feels a lot better than a battle for who might start, right? Slash, be your third or fourth guy here. So yeah, you know, I, that's that's I, good. I had a little conversation with Corey Kinnon on Twitter after this news broke, and and he was he was saying, you know, he feels like they're going to keep ten on the defensive line total. Uh, Maybe which, because of Schwartz's aggressiveness, that we'd have to look back at the Philly data, right. which we could do and see yeah. what he's preferred to keep there. Right. But yeah, but I, I think it. May, I mean, year. it's it makes a lot of sense when you think about how much talent they've added that they're planning on ten. Because if if you if you give them ten, then the math on these rooms is so much easier to do. Right, right. Rather than going, I mean, four and four or five, even five and four, you go to five and five. Or, you know, it could be six and four or whatever, you know, to, to make it through the first cutdowns. But I think if you get to, f- to 10 total, the math makes so much more sense. And then it becomes a question of like, 
you know, you can, you probably still keep Jordan Elliott, right? Because you like the versatility of being able to play both positions. And then, you know, do you, 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 now you're also taking a, a dice roll on either Tristan Hill or Maurice Hurst, right? And so now you've, to, to your point, it's waves, right? It's the, it's the waves of rushers philosophy that Jim Schwartz subscribes to. I agree. I think that's very much on the table and uh, determined by if we see, if we don't see anybody flash. Right. In the next three games, which again, right. I, I updated some of what we, they are going to play a lot of starters in this game. Now, Shelby won't play, but right. guys who are going to be imp- impactful players like, you know, Jordan Elliott cannot have a terrible preseason and expect to make this roster. None Agreed. of them can. Now, if Agreed. we see multiple guys flat, like Tommy Togi had a great Hall of Fame game. Can he keep building on that? Right. That's what yeah, they need. That's a name I didn't even mention. Yeah, that's a, yeah. yeah, that's a name that they need to, uh, you know, just just a way they need to monitor this is. It's going to happen that way anyway, but that's how we can sort of stock check who's going to be the fourth or potentially fifth guy. So yeah, uh, and and it, this know. is how it should be, right? It should be how you play, how you how you practice in training camp, and how you play in the preseason games determines whether or not you get a roster spot. Because this team is trying to win the division, they're trying mm-hmm. to win playoff games, they're trying to go far in the playoffs. They are not trying to go ten and seven and sneak into a wild card. You know, so yeah. the the bar needs to be high, and and this is the type of move that raises that bar, and that's why it's really easy to get excited about this. And I think it's funny to see the reaction around Brown's Twitter, which was very much, you know, I, I mean, it's you know, like there's two things you can count on when the Browns make a move. One is people will get excited to the point of getting overexcited, and then there will inevitably somebody that be somebody that comes along and says, "You all are getting so excited about a, a you know a." journeyman defensive tackle and it's like i don't know which group or which perspective i hate more or dislike more i shouldn't say hate dislike i don't know which one annoys me more i think overall i prefer to be excited about stuff like this i think it's a good move and it helps the browns so why not get excited they got better today right from that perspective so yeah you should be if you care enough in that regard you should be excited about the uh the addition and and again you you look at you look at what they've done in previous years and you can see a calculated effort to be mindful of the future moves like this tell you that they truly think they're all in like these are the things you do when you believe your roster is good enough to go win the meaningful stuff and i think that there's an entire organization behind that belief now we'll see if it manifests i agree playoff bursts and division titles but it is neat to see that stuff come together that's it we're gonna wrap it up man unless you got something else to say feel free to (laughs) i was was just about to chime in from an all-in perspective The longer Melvin Ingram is available, it's for, it's so it's interesting, isn't it's it? It's tempting, right? It is very tempting. What, he what, would be fun. It, he would just be such a perfect extra piece. It's greedy. It's absolutely greedy to add a player like this to this pass rush. But again, we're talking about Jim Schwartz, right? And and the success that he had with the Philadelphia Eagles was in in large part predicated on being able to rotate guys and keep guys fresh. And Ingram is available. He was cheap last year. And you have to imagine he's only going to get cheaper this year. So it's it's one I'm thinking about. It should be thinking about, in my opinion. I mean, it's it's a, it's a guy that like I can imagine Schwartz is standing over Andrew Barry's shoulder as he's making this call to to uh, Shelby Harris or their he's got to be pressuring. Right. There's not a doubt about it. So maybe he, you know, if he feels like they need another additional piece at edge, then then. Uh, then they should they should be in on it. They, I mean, there's nothing that's stopping them. Right. You know, we know how uh, generous the owner in Cleveland right. is to pass out these. If the accounting, we say this: the if the, if the accounting side can work, right. the money is there. So right. 
and and I just think you know uh, he the money it can't be that much money. It's and it's a situation where I wouldn't have been saying this before the Alex Wright and Isaiah Thomas injuries, but now yeah. it's just they probably actually have room. You know, uh, it, it if especially if they were planning on keeping ten, they could probably fit them. So it's just it's tempting. It's very tempting. Tempting indeed. That's it for today. I, we Andrew and I have spent like. I don't know, an hour and 40 minutes talking. It's too much. It's too much. But it's great because your Browns got better. So uh, exciting stuff. Shelby Harris will help immensely the efforts of this team trying to become a better interior group, right? Not edge of, of the defense, right up the middle. Places we've thought they needed to be better. Juan Thornhill, bring back Anthony Walker, JOK, right? Taki Taki gets healthy. And you're, you're, Rodney you're bringing McLeod. In, yeah, Rodney McLeod, Dalvin Tomlinson. And I'm looking right down the middle of the defense. They, they're better. They're better. And that was a huge weakness last year. So really exciting. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And you came right to this podcast after listening to the end of the last one. That's the hope <laughs> that you came right over and listened to this. <laughs> and it's fun. So or Jack Duffin the will last have... one off like five minutes early. <laughs> yeah, you know, that'd yeah, be yeah. right too. That'd be, that'd be great. You got busy. You could just, oh, there's another episode. I'll start the new one. <laughs> Jack Duffin will have a cap analysis, a contract analysis, as he always does. I'm going to try tonight to uh, get it done into the into the morning something for you to see where he is aligned what position he's played how he wins and any spots that we know to Shelby Harris struggles will also illuminate those too so a lot of fun stuff ahead we'll keep analyzing this team hopefully there are more deals like this who knows there could be we'll keep doing what we do here thanks for stopping by this bonus episode and listening to both of them so have a great I don't know what I don't know when the hell you listen to this, but whenever it is for you, have a great time, and we appreciate you stopping by like crazy. Check out the OBR, rate review with Todd. Go Browns.